Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast podcast for week of June 12th, 2023. I'm your host, Zach. And I'm your co-host, Chris. And uh, we got a bunch of stuff to speak, but uh, we have to kick things off, unfortunately, with some sad news. We lost uh, a slew of uh, notable people this week. Um, to start off with um, another, another like, sh- like shocking out-of-nowhere death, uh, Treat Williams uh, died this week at age 71. He was in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, like, what a way to, like, did not expect that. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we saw like recently uh, a Treat Williams movie that um, made us rethink about his roles and like where he's been in Hollywood and all that. And you know he he was a good actor. Yeah, I feel I feel like he would always gave like um, I mean, yeah because we we saw Age Dinosaurs obviously, and I mean even in like an asylum like schlock fest he was still like he wasn't like phoning it in like he was like. Yeah, he gave it his all. I feel like yeah. you never really see a role with him where he just was just reading lines and then waiting to like take a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then growing up, I saw him in a lot of like jock movies, so I was always associated him like he had jock roles in his early career. And then, like in like in, like the like eighties or like. Uh, yeah, like 1941. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that? I see parts of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. It's worth seeing. It's not worth... I'm not sure how great it holds up over time, because it's, you know, like a... Uh, it, it's a comedy. Like, a, I think I think it's National Lampoons. No, it, it's, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> wow. It's supposed to be like, yeah, it's like his parody of, like, World War two movies or like or, yeah it's early american um what you call it like early american involvement so they kind of have like no business being in the war yet but then they're all like assholes but he plays a character that is supposed to be like this like you, you know super soldier guy and he's like very regal and stuff and he mm-hmm. i think he's like trying to chase down someone else that's trying to steal his girlfriend you know, he's it's basically that kind of role. Yeah. He's supposed to be like the villain. Well, no, the the two that I always think of are for Treat Williams is uh, Deep Rising, mm-hmm. which was I believe that was the movie that uh, Steven Summers made right before The Mummy. <laughs> that was like the like test run for The Mummy, basically. Uh, and yeah, he was, and he was the, he was the main, he was the main star. He was like the John McClane of that movie. Cause it was like a, it was sort of, it was basically die hard mixed with like, uh, crazy monsters. On a boat. Yeah. Yeah. On a boat. Yeah. So like ghost ship, I guess too. And then, um, the other, the other movie I always think of with him is, uh, the Phantom. The Phantom. Yeah. The Xander Drax. He played a great 1940s villain. Yeah. It was like 30s, 40s. 30s? Yeah. Like very, he had all he all they did was just like slap the suit on him and the mustache. He had the haircut. Yep. He had the the like transatlantic voice. You know, like that that yeah. kind of uh, businessman talk, and that just evil like, oh, I'm going to 
go to the jungle and collect skulls or, or like <laughs> diamond heads um, and not wear anything appropriate. Like he's wearing, a, he's still wearing like a three piece suit in the jungle. Yeah, like a full tux or something. <laughs> uh, and yeah, those were like very early movie memories. And then whenever he um, kind of popped in and out of things, you know, like mm-hmm. he he wasn't in a lot of TV shows, but I think he had like guest spots now. And well, then. well, he Everwood was his big one. Like he was like the main. He was like the star of Everwood, along with like uh, the kid. <laughs> and then. Yeah, Everwood apparently is a show I just totally blank on because Chris Pratt was in it and yeah. like all these other like up and coming stars and I was like, wait, this was, was that, a thing? Was I think that was a WB show? That was, that was like I think it was like WCW, yeah. Yeah, it was just like right. It was still like W Frog was still there. When you still had UP like CW or you said WB and UPN were still both a thing. I just, I know now because it's, it's on. If you watch like anything on like the CW app, they usually they sometimes they play because they also have like CW Seed, which is like they're like it's like the archive of stuff. So they'll they'll have like commercials sometimes for like watch Everwood on the CW Seed app. <laughs> but that that's probably like a huge like by like a ton of people probably know Treat Williams only from Everwood. But uh, some other things, uh, he he took over the Substitute franchise, which, be, which yeah, that, that became a franchise, and he was in, like, f- three of them. Yeah, he took over Tom Berenger. Was yeah. he play the same character? I think he was a different character. I think he was just a different Substitute that just went to, like, but then he was the same character in, like, in all of his movies, but, like, just a different Substitute that went to, like, a different school that was, like, <laughs> like on the brink. That was always a secret, like, gang hangout, drug runner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I always blur the the substitute movies together. That wasn't Tom Berenger, because it always starts the same, where it's like, hey, I need to like sneak into the school system of this inner city that needs my help, and I need to like beat up a lot of people until the big boss shows up. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that series. I'm surprised he didn't also just like follow like the Tom Berenger like roles, and he was just gonna be in sniper movies. <laughs> Especially, yeah, especially he was in a sniper movie, because he he wasn't in like a, a lot of right, like random like '90s or like early 2000s like action movies too, just like showing up randomly like uh, I don't know like Gale Force or like Critical Mass or like Crash Point Zero or like all these, like. <laughs> also recently too, like uh, he was on uh, We Own the City, which is like the like that. It's basically the same team that brought you The Wire. It was like that like HBO miniseries from last year. About like the corrupt like Baltimore task force. Oh. He he was on like two episodes. He was he was really good at it. He was like kind of like this like he like I think he quit the police and was like a like a some sort of like or like he was like uh instructor for the police, but then he's just like I, I try, but like I like as soon as they get out there I can't I can't help them anymore. <laughs> he's gonna chew him up. And then his, the last thing he's going to be in is uh, the next season of uh, the Ryan Murphy show Feud, which I think is going to be like it's Capote, it's like something with like it's like Truman Capote or something um, based. Uh, he's going to be on uh, that season, which is coming up, I think, later this year. 
but yeah, R R I P Street Williams. Go check go check out uh definitely like Deep Rising if you haven't seen Deep Rising. That's that movie's a ton of fun. <laughs> or or the Phantom or like one of the other one of those other like uh Are all all the substitute movies after one. <laughs> he was in four substitute movies. Yeah. So uh Cormac McCarthy also passed away this week. The uh you know, the illustrious author, um who a ton of his books have turned been turned to movies. I mean, obviously, No Country for Old Men, um, The Road, Child of God, All the Pretty Horses, uh, Sunset Limited. He wrote uh, the script for The Counselor, that crazy Ridley Scott movie. Oh. Which which was not based on his books. He just wrote the screenplay for it. Um, And then yeah, and then lots of other like like books that haven't been turned to movies yet, but like are like very well regarded, like Blood Meridian and um, Outer Dark, you know, like and I think he, and he's definitely he's definitely had like really good luck with like he, he had like really good luck like turning his movies into like uh, books in the movies. Cause, I mean like No Country for Men, obviously like one of the best movies. <laughs> um, like The Road's great. I haven't seen Child of God or All the Pretty Horses, but I'm assuming they're I'm assuming they're probably well regarded, pretty well regarded too. Yeah, I I've never heard of Child of God, but all the, All the Pretty Horses I've heard of a lot, and I still don't know what it's about. Yeah, like it's not what you, it's not about horses. It's not <laughs> no. about like someone at a ranch. Yeah, it's like a Matt Damon, Penelope Cruz, uh, like Henry Thomas movie, and then Billy Bob Thornton directed it. But yeah, uh, so yeah, Kirk McCarthy, and then we also uh, just I think it was actually today we we're recording. Um, John Romita Sr. passed away, the legendary comic artist at age ninety three. Uh, I mean, he basically he helped he helped co-create uh, Mary Jane Watson and The Punisher and Wolverine and Luke Cage. So you know, just a few a few uh, minor Marvel. <laughs> characters that he helped like create just sort of just did sketches and Sammy's like yeah that's good yeah yeah well he eventually became like the art the overall like art director of marvel in like the I think it's, like 60s and 70s the silver golden age yeah and like and was like uh at least like like that like one like one of the best runs of spider-man like the like, on the classic runs where they had like you know like Spider-Man No More and like all those like all those different like issues like he was he was the artist on all those. Yeah, he yeah. he really him and his son later on when they had uh the two thousands run where yeah. they started getting more current event and then the there was a certain look that even a lot of other comics started following that him and his son just sort of they, yeah they they. With. They they both just like really just defined Spider Man for like mm-hmm. decades. Like sometimes I could see like it's pretty cool that father and son share the same like artistic modeling because mm-hmm. you could definitely tell Romita Senior work and then Junior's work is very distinct also now but you can tell where they, like started from his father and then it was cool whenever they teamed up and then their art collage was like 
amazing. You know, it's like the most definite Romita art piece. I think I own one Romita like picture, but I I think it's from Junior. And then I think if you wanted like a senior, it's it's like really expensive back then. Now it's gonna be hard, but I mean I get it. His work was great, especially when um he did the like light blue and red Spider-Man. Like that was the classic. Like you saw that in like Spider-Man and the Super in his Amazing Friends. You yeah. saw that in the comics where he fights all these like introducing new heroes, and. Yeah, like, he definitely was, like, one of those, like, flagship artists that a lot of people looked up to. And 93, I mean, he, he saw a lot in the comic industry. Yeah. I mean, he started on, like, the, like, like Captain America when it was, like, Atlas Comics Captain America. <laughs> like. Yeah, back when you made Captain America just, like, a skinny guy. Captain America commie smasher. <laughs> I don't think he had like big shoulders. He was just like some dude in an outfit. He didn't have the the big body look until the sixties. So looks, now it's like double the proportion. I mean, he might be a little bit bigger, like the Marvel, but yeah. I mean, he looks he looks like if you if you saw I mean if you see it, you're like, oh yeah, it's Captain America. Like yeah, yeah. no, I'm saying the outfit, but then it's like yeah. when you think of superhero. Like, there's a John Romita, like, template he had that was, like, mm-hmm. this is the super, like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, like, everyone in the comic world was, like, an athletic build athlete. Like, I think about Bruce Timm's art style. I always like to think, like, everyone in that universe is just, like, an athlete for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the women are cheerleader bodies, and then all the men are just walking, like, refrigerators. Backers, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, like... They they slowly start playing around with different body types where not everyone is just a superhero out of costume. Mm-hmm. But Romita was, hey, if I got the main hero, he looks like the main hero. He has like the like eventually the definition change where it's like this is the superhero body. Uh, and you know, it's a, it, it, you appreciate that when you're reading that early. And now it's all shapes and sizes, but you know, when you come into the comic industry, it's like this is fantasy. You know, this is the the like greater than life models and definitely like uh all the all the comics he was like writing for like just drawing for and probably just like yeah i want i I wouldn't do this blah blah blah. like i wouldn't put you know this character here this makes no sense these people don't know each other Mm -hmm. you know he he was probably a giant like influence at marvel where they didn't play around it's like let's just try to keep this in order Not saying Marvel today is having those issues, but modern comics are having those issues. Mm-hmm. Where they're just like, I don't know, just change a color. <laughs> Put this guy here. Make him like this. Like, why? Don't you guys have a ruler? This guy's arm is four times as big. Like, you ever see online uh, just people post, like, comics that, like, you can tell the artist sort of just didn't care. They phoned it in. I mean, yeah, every once in a while I see, like, someone post, like, a, like, a terrible, like, comic book art, like, panel or something. But it's never Romita Senior. Yeah. It's always someone else, but it's never Romita Senior. Junior sometimes. There's this really hilarious photo um, of this panel of, uh, I guess, spoiler alert, when Miss Marvel, uh, Camilla Khan, like, when they announce she dies, and you see, yeah. like, all these faces, and they are just so, like, apathetic. They're like, eh. <laughs> You know, it's as if you said, like, yeah. all the pizza got burnt, and they're just like, ah. 
darn. Okay. Yeah, I know. Like, it, it's just like, what happened here? You're announcing, like, the death of this hero, and they're just like, oh. Okay. Can I be Captain Marvel now? <laughs> Can I <laughs> be Miss Marvel? Like, yeah. So, I'm not saying everyone has a perfect record, but you don't hear so much about Ramita Sr. Well, yeah, RIP to uh, all three of those guys. Um, so, moving on uh, to some trailers. Um, I don't know if it's... The, I don't think it's the first trailer, but I think it's, it's maybe the first full trailer. Or it's a new trailer for uh, next month's Netflix movie, They Clone Tyrone, which uh, is, is, our, is our annual uh, Netflix Jimmy Fox summer blockbuster, because we've had, like, a Jimmy Fox movie on Netflix every year for, like, the last couple of years. There was, like... Uh, was the it was it was it was it powers it was like uh it was that vampire one well that was last year that was day shift oh and then uh the year before that was like it was like yeah it was like it was it i keep wanting to say powers but was it powers it was like um there's one where like the drug where you you take the drug and you take like superpowers whatever powers it was it was uh, project power project power oh there's Pow- Powers was like that comic book that like they tried like Sony. It was like the PlayStation. You can only watch it on, like the PlayStation Store. Remember? <laughs> um, but yeah, Project Project Power, and then Day Shift. And now we have uh, they clone Tyrone coming up in July, a little over a month, uh, July 21st. It also co-stars uh, John Boyega and uh, Tiana Paris. And it look it's bas- it's basically like, it's kind of like it's like an, an homage to like 70s like black exploitation movies, but also with like weird like sci-fi conspiracy stuff going on because they they like discovered like like there's like a weird government lab under the streets and like they're like cloning john Boyega's character and they're like maybe like brain trying to brainwash them with food and like all this other stuff going on it reminded i get like black dynamite vibes but like without without like the intentional like terribleness of black dynamite without it, not like yeah, like yeah. like in the, in the way and like all that stuff and like the like the intentionally like bad like edits like this looks like a more like more like straightforward like actual movie but like the same kind of like uh, like black exploitation vibes and like lot like like weird like conspiracies going on. Yeah, I feel like it didn't have the um grit of a exploitation. Like that's why it feels very cinematic and almost like it wanted to be a Get Out. Yeah, but or not even Get Out. What's the like? What's the other one that's the, it's like the clone of black people. Or the clone of like all people. The oh, others, us. Us, that's us. It. Like it feels like a us, like background a little, just because of the huge government conspiracy of what's going on in this like mm-hmm. bodega. It seems fun. Um, I, well, I also especially remind me of Black Diamond, like like the Black Diamond scene where they're like like trying to unravel like the like conspiracy of like it's where like it's like the malt liquor is like they're like they're like putting stuff in the, in the malt liquor and all that stuff. <laughs> like there's like cause there's a scene in, in like this trailer where like everyone's like eating like like eating chicken and then it's like there's some sort of like weird like mind altering drug in it or something possibly. Yeah, yeah, just something to do with the community that totally is. Uh... Like a shock that the government is involved. I almost got. I mean, have you ever watched "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker"? No. You gotta watch that. That's a. Mm. That's another required like funny <laughs> comedy where like everything kind of derives from the Wayne Brothers. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it's like this every few years, every, I think you don't see movies like that ever, until like every 12 years, I'm going to say. It, it sounds kind of weird to say it's a statistic, but Black Dynamite was like 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's like every 12 years is always like a hilarious black exploitation movie that is more of a tongue-in-cheek wink to whatever's going on current day. And like even after I'm going to get you sucker was don't drink juice while drink like driving in the don't hood. Be, don't be- Toby Mist to say while drinking your juice in the hood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that. That's like every twelve years. Between that, it's like, it's like, what if you take that concept of don't be a menace and then like us and you blend it and then you get this. Well, I think I it's just like because like, all like well, like like this like this like this weekend like weekend if you're hearing this is like uh I mean along with like the flash and stuff is like uh it's like the blackening it's like this, like like it's like horror parody movie yes yeah yeah which i hope does well i feel like it's been a while since we had like a good comedy horror that isn't going to um try to be like a uh like a social message more like hey let's just make fun you just have like laughs and make fun of like what the you know just more joking yeah because you can't call us like a comedy yeah some people could, but I mean, it's not. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, the, they close Tyrone next month, July 21st. Uh, you can check that out when it hits Netflix. And then also, I think actually the same day when that's coming out, you can either, like, you can either stay home and watch, or yeah, stay home and watch They Clone Tyrone, or you can head to the theaters and watch Cobweb, which is a new uh, horror movie that's coming up. It's starring uh, Anthony Starr and Lizzie Kaplan as very creepy gaslighting parents of this uh kid is played by wade norman who's like hearing weird like noises in the walls and then is, is having like nightmares is like andy sarn let's keep happening like hey it's not your head kid like get over it like there's nothing going on but then like it, things get like w- like more and more creepy and horrifying and then like he tries to help with his teacher but that doesn't look like it goes that well <laughs> Yeah, all all that all that kid did was bring this teacher like into like a slaughterhouse and <laughs> whatever whatever horrific shit Lizzie Kaplan and Auntie Star are up to. I was I okay, so I am thinking the trailer is more of a misdirection where all the supernatural stuff isn't actually happening. Maybe, yeah. I can see them doing a uh, twist but if it is like super natural parenting because there's a whole point of them always saying like hey like they're great they're, they're gaslighting him they're saying you're not crazy but then it's like why are you letting your kid go to school still if what's your <laughs> plan you know like that that part was confusing like are you there for the kid to grow up to get possessed and join like this family of demons but then it's like why does he need an education So that's why I'm then it's like, do they need the facade that they're all normal? But then they are normal. The de- like the parents are acting normal during the well, sort of normal. Mm-hmm. But you know, what I mean, they don't. They're not the freaky Evil Dead, uh, like Deadite that they are in the like the the jump scare sequences that we see. Yeah. But that's why I, I have so many questions. That's why 
you know it right away. A deadite is sort of hiding, but it's like they're possessed the body. And then like a possession movie is they don't know that they're possessed. But then they these people seem like they know that they're possessed because they're doing everything they can to not have their kid draw his feelings. I wonder if this is gonna be like a uh, a boy in the wall movie too, <laughs> like it's like like, like for like Red Alert Media reference, like oh, it's like our other our, our other son, our our first son is in the like we stuck him in the walls, like he's like a he's like that that Treehouse of Horror like uh, Hugo, <laughs> like yeah yeah I I can see that too where uh they sort of uh are really saving him to appease some guy to resurrect another boy but then again why would you send him to school to just blab to anyone about what's going on at home yeah i have a feeling this one could be like this could be like this year's like barbarian or something i don't know it's, I feel it's, like... it's, it's, it's from the producers of barbarian so it has that going for it um the it's only it's thing be... is, if, if it held back on showing the jump scares, I think it w- could have. But the yeah. fact that I see a lot of the nightmare sequences... And, and there's, like a, like, there's, there's like a skeleton in the garden and stuff. And like... Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh man, it's blowing its uh, big climax or sort of details. That's why I kind of hope it's misdirections. But the worst thing I can think of is these aren't his real parents. Like, that, that's some... possible too, yeah. For some weird reason, these demons possess these people, and then they're they kidnap this kid, who don't know that these aren't his parents. Like they kidnap him as a baby, and then they just want the ba- see. But then it's like I don't know what their end goal is. Like it just it sort of doesn't make any sense. Like they're not doing it for money, you know. <laughs> then they're trying to like take taxpayers' money for public school. I do appreciate that Anthony Starr is in like full on like Homelander asshole dad mode. <laughs> He's got the same haircut, just different color. Yeah. And Lizzie Kaplan is in, doing her, like, Castle Rock, like, misery, like, thing. Yeah, I did notice that. I looked at this and I was like, is this Castle Rock? They made a Castle Rock movie? This is where she went after Castle Rock. <laughs> she met Homelander and they had a kid. Some fantasy, like, fiction story we got going on where what if Homelander gave it up and then settled down, mm-hmm. stole a kid. raised them to draw like all these uh disturbing artwork yeah but yeah that's coming to theaters at the end of next month and then uh last uh like movie or tv trailer we got this week was uh it was actually during the ubisoft uh forward presentation which we'll talk about uh more in a little bit but um, we got the a, a new trailer for Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix, which is uh, it's a spinoff reimagining of like the Far Cry Blood Dragon universe, or like, but it, now it seems like it's like just like the entire like Ubisoft universe because there's like other characters from like other like Ubisoft properties are showing up. <laughs> there's like a frog assassin. <laughs> From Assassin's right. Creed and like oh, and I think and it's like there's like other references like other things like interesting. But um, it's it's this is from uh, Adi Shankar who you know brought us like Castlevania the Netflix series and um, 
uh, some and like those like uh, like the Punisher Dirty Laundry, all those like leg universe stuff. Um, this is his first legit universe. Oh no, this is his <laughs> third because he did. He made it. So that's, yeah, it'd be funny if he just kept making bootlegs over and over. Mm-hmm. And he also said it's gonna be like a love letter to like the '90s, like and like like anime in '90s, um, and and obviously like Ubisoft, like the Ubisoft properties. Um, and it's it's set in like an alternate 1992 where and it's like Dolph Laserhawk it gets locked up in a prison and he has to break out with like a group of like rebels and like take on undercover missions. I do hope we I do hope we actually we get like actual like you know like uh Blood Dragon like Rex <laughs> Rex Power Cult so with like Michael I, B. I was surprised this wasn't just that. Yeah, like just like do, yeah, just like just like an expanded like 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 a prequel or like a sequel or like something. But yeah, I mean, hope, hopefully he like hopefully like Michael Bean actually shows up in this at some point. Because that'd be that'd be weird if you're doing a Blood Dragon thing, but you don't have like actual like the main character of Blood Dragon in it. Oh, maybe they're saving that for the follow up if they get it. Yeah, but uh, apparently this is gonna be a Netflix show. Um, it's gonna come out sometime in the fall this year so uh you can look forward to that and then speaking of ubisoft stuff uh they had their because it's basically from like last thursday or friday till monday this week it was pretty much like what it would have been e3 even though e3 is basically dead but it was like some it was like summer game fest and then all the other like companies had like their presentations like microsoft had a presentation which we could talk about maybe uh, a couple things from that too, if anything jumped out of you, Chris. But Ubisoft-wise, I think like and probably the biggest thing of like most of these uh, like uh, presentations was we got the first like trailer and footage for Star Wars Outlaws, That's which cool. is coming which is coming next year. It's Ubisoft's big open-world Star Wars game. Um, you're playing as a, a smuggler named Kay Vess, who uh, she's like. Working in like the like you know the, the underworld of Star Wars like the like the Pike Syndicate and like the Huts and all this other all the other like, criminal organizations and you're like it, it looks like multiple planets like you you can like get your ship and like launch take off and like get in space battles and like end up on another planet and then there's like a wanted system like you can get like wanted by the Empire or like there's some bounty hunters after you and then you have to like fight like lay low to like the heat guys down and there's like it's a it's like like third person action, um, and you can be like stealthy for a little bit, and then you can like you know pull your blaster out and start blasting people, and it's, it looks like it even has like a like a Red Dead Redemption, or, or like a like Dead Eye system where you can like lo- you can like do like a quick draw or like lock on to guys and like do like a slow mo like like blaster on them. There yeah, seems like, mean... seem like seems like a lot of like Red Dead in there, like the like the quick draw stuff, and then. Um, like, yeah, you can get, like, you can get, like, like, wanted, which, I mean, that's, like, also, like, Grand Theft Auto and stuff, obviously, that's but, like... Grand Theft Auto. It's the evolution of the open world, where you have, like, consequences for just being a menace. So, mm-hmm. Saints Row, uh, GTA, uh, then you have just the, I think the quick draw is the new mechanic, because you can't quick draw on, like, anything else. Yeah. And you also, you also have, like, a, you have, like, a, kind of, like, cat, like, a cat dog like like a creature companion thing, creature thing yeah who can like you can have him do things for you like turn off like 
turn off turn buttons on or like distract people or attack people. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Like this is like definitely like my type of game that I love. It, it's Star Wars. <laughs> it looked look pretty awesome. So definitely excited for that next year. And then they also had gameplay in a new trailer for uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which seems like it's going to be like Avatar Far Cry, like because it's it's you're playing in like the first person, and you can you can use like human weapons or Navi weapons, and you're playing as like a like a Navi like student or someone that got taken by the RDA and trained, and then uh, put put their cryo sleep, and then you wake up like 15 years later, and now it's like you're like. It's like you have to basically like rediscover like what it means to be a Navi because you were like raised by humans to be like a a, hu- a human soldier. Is this like after the second movie? I think I think you got put like your character in this game gets put in stasis at the end like at the end of the first Avatar, and now you're like waking up in like you know way of water times. But you're but you're you're going to like totally different places that you haven't seen any of the movies before, like different regions that like there's like a grasslands region and like a this like very like deep deep woods like like foggy woods area. There's like different Navi tribes in each area. It looks it looks it looks pretty good. Like if it, if it's if it's if it's just Far Cry Avatar, then that's <laughs> like I love Far Cry. So yeah, but do you love Avatar? I, I enjoy Avatar. Wave Water was uh like visually amazing. So it's coming out my birthday games, too. So nice, but the Avatar games don't exactly. Well, the last one, the last the last one was uh not that great. Which one was that? Like the one that came out with the first movie, like the like the third person like action game. Oh, not the only one. No, like, well, the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there I think it was a DS one, but the yeah the third one. Like, like, Xbox, like, like Xbox 360 or something. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like it's it's like Gears of War, but they didn't quite get like the controls right, so it plays kind of wonky. I just remember seeing like because you can do like melee combat in that, but your character just like is just like spinning like a like a maniac through it. It's like it looks terrible. Like just like the animation is so like choppy and you're just like spin, 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 and, like. But yeah, that's that's coming. Uh, yeah, December seventh this year. Um, Frontiers of Medora. Uh, and then there's, there's also a new Prince of Persia coming next in January, like a 2D side-scrolling uh, Prince of Persia game, like a Metrovania where you're you know like unlock skills to like unlock new parts of the map and lots of like uh, cool-looking combat and stuff. Did you, did you say that at all, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, what did you think of the new Prince of Persia? Interesting. It, it like more Metro, uh, all classic uh, Prince of Persia that definitely is borrowing off the Metrovanian look. Yeah. I think like Prince of Persia did first, or did they do it after? Or they copied it? I forget who comes first. The Metro came first, then Prince of Persia. Well, I mean, the original Prince of Persias were not like Metrovanias. They were like precision. They were like precision and platformers where it's like you had to be very like deliberate and like but you weren't like you weren't like unlocking like you, you were like you're basically like, pressing through screens you weren't like going back to like different areas like because you got like the key That's or whatever true. yeah i remember i remember dying a lot in prince of Persia as a kid because i didn't quite understand precision jumping and fall mm-hmm. damage was like everywhere 
Uh, and then there's also uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, did that at all, Chris? No, I kind of lost interest in Assassin's Creed <laughs> games, so it's one of those. Well, this this one's going know, back to like the like is like back to like the uh, like OG Assassin's Creeds. Like, yeah. I I still want to replay a couple of them. I still am. I still have like a save I need to beat on Black Flag. I mean, not Black Flag, like Assassin's Creed Rogue. Mm-hmm. Which is right before, right after Black Flag, but before three. And I remember playing that and then just getting bored, and then <laughs> um, giving up on the whole franchise, and then hearing how uh, everything else sort of falls apart. Like I actually own Unity, didn't play it. I think it came with my PS4, or I got I got it as like a buy one get two deal. Uh, then. Uh, Syndicate seemed interesting, the story did, but then the gameplay was pretty much the same loop until they reinvented it for uh, Origins and then the Viking one. The Viking one sounds well, cool, but... Well, there, Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla were, like, the last three. They were all, like, open-world RPGs, like, more uh, like... Yeah, and yeah. that one is like, oh, you gotta grind because you can't just rely... Like, you know, in Assassin's Creed 1 and 2, you can technically beat the game without grinding so much like you'll you'll have less health and maybe one or two lack of powerful equipment but you can still beat the game uh and not anymore in in this where it's like oh you don't have enough level to like kill this character Mm -hmm. be doing like one damage for the whole fight so it's like you'll just you need to grind So I, I don't know how Mirage, I think Mirage is getting rid of that, right? They're going back to just like, oh, you go around assassin, do like assassinations, set it up, stealth. Yeah, they, they said yeah, they said like combat is like a last resort. Like they really don't want to like just run and fight people. You, you want to be like very like stealthy and like escape, like get in, mm-hmm. take out your guy and escape. I think um, Origins was sort of a mix, and then Odyssey it was like half and half, where some stages were just you, there's no stealth, just run in and start stabbing everyone uh and then vikings was hey go on raids mm-hmm. you and your viking crew are just gonna go raid this like village so uh also i, I mean xbox also had their big presentation anything that jumped out from xbox that you saw chris did you see any of it <laughs> Uh, I've seen bits. I don't know. I kind of saw like the like what the hype was after. I've been kind of busy this week on trailers. Yeah. Um, well, they showed they showed like forty five minutes of Starfield, the, the new Bethesda RPG, which everyone was like freaking out about. Which it's it's basically like Skyrim or Fallout, but like in like space where you're just like you could travel to, like hundreds of worlds and <laughs> explore space. Uh, they also had uh, Clockwork Revolution, which is basically looked like a new like Bioshock Infinite, but not from like any of the people that made Bioshock Infinite, but like, definitely like very same similar vibes of like a you know like a steampunk, like kind of like throwback like American American city, and then there's like time travel where you can like you can like go back in time and then you change it and then it's like now it's a darker future where like different things happen and you have like like you might have like powers on your left hand and like a gun in your right hand like Bioshock style. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and there's like there's like you know like elevated rails and stuff. So it, yeah, it seems like if you if you like enjoyed Bioshock Infinite, like definitely Clockwork Revolution is going to be up your alley. 
they had a, a, a like a cinematic trailer for the new Fable. No gameplay, just like kind of like a you know like a, a mood trailer. Like Richard Richard Ayoade was in it. He's like a giant, and there's a character that like runs around and like 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 fighting him at the, at the end of the trailer. He's like he's like complaining about heroes and how annoying they are. Well, that's cool. He's getting into more voice acting roles. I heard that like some people were saying that it just like oh why is the IT crowd in this? <laughs> Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is getting like a big uh, DLC, which apparently uh, is gonna f- maybe possibly like, change change a bunch of like the gameplay stuff and like maybe fix some things. <laughs> maybe, maybe make it actually actually like the game that it should have been from the beginning of <laughs> when it released. Yeah. And uh, it, it, Idris Elba's co-starring it now, along with Keanu's coming back. Did you play it yet? I haven't played it yet. No. I'm assuming I'm assuming it's probably mostly fine now because it's been like you know two years or whatever. They probably it's probably been multiple patches to fix whatever was going on with it. Yeah, hopefully they ironed out a lot. And also, if he has PS5, so I would assume I could like play it <laughs> in a reasonable fashion, not like a like base PS4. People were like, it's like it's it's blowing. It's like my my PS4 is on fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> why is there smoke coming out of my, my PS4 or my Xbox 360 or whatever or Xbox One I'm playing it on? was like unplayable i mean ps4 was even those was yeah those those like base like the base like like uh at the time i guess current gen systems were like yeah you like basically unplayable like, like ps base ps4 base xbox one was like you could like just <laughs> like two, like frame rate of like 10 <laughs> like just like super janky But yeah, t- ton, tons of uh, tons of game and stuff coming up in the next uh, uh, this year, then to next year. This, apparently, this fall is gonna be like you know, like there's like huge games launching on like basically at the same day. It's like Starfield, like Baldur's Gate are launching at the same day and stuff, and within like two days of each other. It's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy like uh, fall season for games. So other news, uh, we've got some news out of the CW. Um, so Superman Lois was renewed for a fourth season, a 10 episode fourth season, which makes it seem like maybe that's going to be like the last one. If they're giving it only like a, a limited season. Um, and they canceled Gotham Knights, which I think should, should surprise no one because I, don't, I, I have not heard anyone even who like, like watched it or like any anything like it just like was like playing just it's it's like a movie that was like playing in like empty theaters like who the, who was even watching Gotham Knights <laughs> probably no I, one. I haven't seen like live TV commercials for it so I don't even know how they were mark they marketed it like before and they 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 heard the backlash and then they just stopped and then I was like they, is this still going on and then yeah I I assumed it was canceled earlier but. They finally said, "Yeah, no, this is super expensive for a show no one asked for." Yeah, well, expensive is like the keyword for Superman Lois because they're getting significant budget cuts, um, which means pretty much most of the cast, besides like the main, the main four, the main like Kent family, and are, are gone. Or they're gonna be like like drop down like guest stars next year. They're not gonna be like regular like regular cast members. And then uh, Michael Kulitz, who you know was on Walking Dead. Um, 
He's going to be introduced, I think, next week as Lex, the new Lex Luthor. He's going to be a regular next season, so it's going to be basically like the main the main family, and then Lex Luthor are going to be the main like the main characters. And then like everyone else is going to be maybe guest stars, maybe they're gone forever. Who knows? <laughs> like, because you, I mean, you you could tell like if you if you watch like an episode of, like Superman Lois and you watch like an episode of, like, the Flash like. The budget, I don't know what the budget was, like, for, like, Superman Lois, like, currently, but, like, it seemed like it was, like, way higher than, like, other Arrowverse shows. Like, it actually had, like, like looked, like, more, like, cinematic, and it had, like, actual, like, special effects, and not, like, just, like, whatever was going on with, like, other shows in, this, in, in the Arrowverse. Like, late, late period, The Flash was just, like, like, what was the budget for this, like, $100? <laughs> like... You see the different quality, then. Yeah. And there's also a question too because like the CW is obviously owned by a new like Nexstar owns them now because that was part of like the like crazy like Warner Brothers Discovery merger. They sold like 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 Warner Brothers sold their, their like stake stake in like the CW to like Nexstar. And then Nexstar was like, well, Superman Lois is a good show, but we all like we don't get any money from it. But like we don't like it goes to HBO Max or Max. For streaming and we don't get any of that money so like I, we don't know they were like we don't know if we want to renew it if we're not gonna like make any money off of it like for like other like other other things besides like live television but yeah apparently you're gonna, yeah the, like they're gonna like they're like i guess the ratings are enough to like have them keep it going just like slash the budget <laughs> slash the episode counts Hopefully this is affected the effects, um, and like just like like next season, just like this like super terrible, like everything's like everything's like a stage, like everything's just like. But I guess we'll I guess we'll see. And then uh, last bit news for this week is that we got some news about uh, the upcoming Knuckles Paramount Plus show, which is obviously a spinoff of the Sonic movies. Uh, Idris Elba is coming back to, to voice Knuckles. And a uh, bunch of bunch of uh, cast members got added this week. Uh, Carrie Elway is gonna be on Knuckles. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Stocker oh, Channing, no. Paul Shear, Rob Hubel are all gonna be on uh, uh, Knuckles. And the previously cast Adam Pally and uh, Edie Patterson are also gonna be on there. So they're yeah they're assembling a pretty crazy <laughs> like. Crazy cast for this Knuckles show. Which apparently it's going to be um, like Adam Pally's character from like the the, the side movies, um, Wade. Like it's going to be like Knuckles like training him to be like a hero or like like taking him like it's like you're my apprentice now. <laughs> He's just trying to teach, like try to train him into like becoming like a, a kendo warrior. I have not seen Sonic 2 yet, but I think I will have to soon. Sonic, yeah, I mean, both both those Sonic movies were, like, way, way better than they should have been. <laughs> like, you're doing, like, I don't, I don't know if either of them is as good as, like, the Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Bros. movie, but, like, they're, they're both, like, super fun. Yeah, and it's, it, 2 is definitely, like, much more, like, if you wanted, like, more, like, Sonic stuff, there's, like, way more Sonic stuff in it of, like, they're going to, like, crazy temples and, like, Jim Carrey is basically like full on just like the video game Eggman with even he has like he has like the like the, the egg like the flying egg machine like vehicle and like and then yeah like lots more of like 
characters from like the games, like you know, like Knuckles and Tails are in there now. Yeah, definitely, definitely we're checking out Sonic 2, uh, which I think is also on Paramount Plus. If you have Paramount Plus, you can check it out there. And then this Knuckles show is going to be. Um, I don't think it's a release date yet, but I think it's coming up. Uh, like you're like like late this year or sometime next year, and then Sonic 3 is supposed to be out. Uh, I think December next year. So yeah, the 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 expanded Sonic verse is uh is coming. <laughs> that's and cool. uh and uh that's it for news this week. So we jump into show and tell. And uh, Chris, you and I both watched for this month's commentary, which will be up I think next week uh on the site, is uh, Young Indiana Jones and the Mystery of the Blues. Oh yeah, which was was an episode of uh, season two of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, the uh, strange ABC expand like 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 prequel series to Indiana Jones to try to keep like the franchise going after Last Crusade. They're like, we, we need more Indiana Jones stuff. I don't know, make him a kid. Like, have him meet like every every important person of like the 20th century. But yeah, the but the the, uh, the big thing about Mister the Blues, which probably like one of the, one of the main reasons we watched it, was that is the only episode that Harrison Ford appears on. Um, he does not appear in any other episodes, and there's like there's been like bookends of him, um, on some sort of like uh adventure with like one of his uh, Native American friends, and then they're getting chased by gangsters or whoever, and then he like they they're hiding in, like a cabin, and he finds like a saxophone, and he's like. Oh man, this reminds me of the time I was playing the blues in Chicago. <laughs> like, then you get the we get this crazy flashback to like his time in Chicago. Yeah, that Chicago time was wild. I think even more so than like other like because like, I mean all the all these episodes are like if you read the descriptions like it's all like crazy of like who he's running into and like what he's doing <laughs> for like like Indiana Jones meets like. Like literally every famous person in history, <laughs> for like from like and he does 19... not bother to tell people, or he doesn't bother to ever it, call yeah. them for favors. Yeah, it, it never comes up. He never like he's he never mentions like oh yeah I, I know like uh, like Pablo Picasso or like Harry Houdini or, or like or well, like uh, jazz with like famous musicians like yeah tell no one this. Maybe it's just years of meeting famous helped, people. You stop talking people. Yeah, it's like he was instrumental in like the like World War One peace accords being signed. Like, but he like helped fund the peace. He, was, he like he, he was like a, he's like a translator for like uh like the peace talks or something. But yeah, but yeah, so Mr. Blues, um, it's Chicago. It's like it's like 1920, and Indy is it's post World War One. So Indy's already fought in World War One, <laughs> and done all of his crazy World War One adventures, and then he is going to the University of Chicago, and he, and his his roommate is Elliot, his roommate is Elliot Ness, who is like a dork of the highest degree. <laughs> it's like. Like just like wearing like like dorky sweaters and like dorky outfits and just being like, shut, Indy, I'm trying to study. Like, yeah, Ellie Ness is a giant nerd, even for yeah. the standard of when this is happening. Yeah. 
and then Indy's working as like a waiter at like a jazz club, and he's all he's like super into jazz. And then he like eventually befriends uh, Sidney Bechet, who's like one of the best jazz musicians in history. <laughs> like 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 jazz clarinet, like one of the like arguably the greatest jazz clarinetist in like in music history. And, but it also like meets like uh, does he mean like he meets like Louis Armstrong and then like uh, crap who who was uh Keith David playing like well Satchmo was Louis Armstrong but like oh, okay. Keith David was playing Keith, Keith David was playing like was playing like um like another musician another like huge like jazz person and uh yeah so and then yeah he's hanging out he's he's trying to learn the jazz by play and he like like Sidney gives him like a like a, a soprano saxophone which is like a baby saxophone <laughs> and he's trying to and then he's trying to play it and just like man you don't you don't understand the jazz man you gotta you gotta feel the jazz that's, that's like the, the first like hour of this movie just like like them just like being like oh you're not you don't feel the jazz yet man kid you don't feel the jazz yet Jonesy <laughs> Like, yeah, it, it is like, oh, you think you know, you don't know. And that happens for the first hour. Yeah. <laughs> then it's like, in the last half hour, is like, oh, now it's a murder mystery. <laughs> yeah, then it, like, reads around, and the murder mystery angle is weird, because we had bets that it would be someone else. Yes. And it wasn't. It just completely left field. Mm-hmm. And then they bring uh, Ernest Hemingway in, who Indy also knows, um, <laughs> is and is like friends with. And so it's like it's Indy, Elliot Ness, and Ernest Hemingway trying to solve this like murder. Yeah, it, it's such a weird team up because initially their their dynamic doesn't seem great, but then they really do become a good, a fun team. Yeah. Like they all have like a, they have like a like a particular skill that they could use. Like Elliot, Elliot is like friends with like 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 dirty pathologists, so he can get like he can get like like crime scene photos and like like, like autopsy stuff. And then Ernest Hemingway has like is like uses all his like the, like news contacts and like Indy works at the place where the murder happens, and he's, he can get like all that like insider info. It's also funny too because that's, that's that's like the part where it's like, oh yeah, this is like an Indiana Jones thing. We need to have like a big action set piece. So they, they, they like shoehorn in, in this like big like warehouse fight at the end of the episode. It doesn't. Yeah, it, it feels out of place because, not to spoil much, but ultimately it it doesn't lead to anything. Like none of that actually matters to what else is going on. Yeah, and they also they 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 don't solve anything. There's it's like because it's like, it, his spoilers for history, but like. Al Capone is involved and he doesn't get arrested or go to jail at this time. So it's like, well, I guess like I guess we can't do anything against like the corruption of Chicago. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's it ends on such a downer note that I get it. That's the blues. Like you're not supposed to be that's, that's how, satisfied. That's, that's how that's how he learns the blues finally, which is different from jazz. But yeah, it was it was a pretty like I don't think I don't think either of us had ever seen like a full like episode of Indiana Jones. So this is like a interesting like jumping in point. <laughs> Just like oh, this is the show. Okay. <laughs> and it's also we were, we were commenting too like it um some of it looks like really good like really like cinematic and then you feel like oh this is like this like looks like an Indiana Jones movie or or like 
product and then like someone's just like oh man this is 90s 90s as 90s like cheap tv looking like oh it dips it starts out strong i feel like they spent they spent all their money on those like like that like 10 minutes like five minutes of harrison ford footage like that opening car chase and then like the like ending and then it's like well we spent all that we can't afford uh realistic looking like elevated trains we gotta put shitty looking elevated trains in this episode now it dips it violently dips in quality and it's like jarring because yeah. the opening is like a like one small sequence from a regular indiana jones movie yeah and then um the background settings and all the extras are really exaggerated like especially the clubs like it's very it looks full yeah. it looks like it's popping well, so, some some of them look good it's like some of the club some of the club as, as the episode goes on i feel like the clubs just like get gradually gradually like worse <laughs> so it's like yes. and, then, and then it's like 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 one of the last like it's just like they're just in like a like a dark set with just like five people in the background or something and it's like oh yeah this is the cl- this is the club quote unquote yeah the club looks like uh, a basement cellar yeah and not in a hipster way, in a very uh, industrial look that you know is a soundstage, one, like, a corner of a soundstage that they dust up, and it's, that's the club. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do I do love that, um, there's that scene where, like, Indy's trying to play jazz at, like, like, the, like, the stuffy, like, like frat party. <laughs> he has, like, a Back to the Future moment where he's just, like, there's, like, you, you play that, you play that jazz Get off the get off the, this is a respectable cl- club, Mister. Like get off the get off the stage. Like, yeah, it's uh, we don't want none of that Hepcat stuff in here. Like, yeah, it, it it's very uh awkward and like white people cringe. Where yes, uh, like j- by today's standard, it's like as it's as if he like whipped out his junk and was just like, everyone look at this. All he did was play slightly more rhythm than what was going on, and yeah. The, the reactions on everyone's face is like utterly like disbelief like oh my god you how dare tempo? you like, yeah. yeah wait a minute when when did everyone in this party suddenly understand music mm-hmm. like to such a degree we're like no we don't like that we like slow like three-fourths beat <laughs> it's like you might as well be playing beethoven at this party it's just I I love how much like Indy's such a like a just a jazz fanboy. I'm just like oh yeah I heard I heard when I was a kid I heard all of it. I lived I lived in New Orleans for like a, a while. I heard all the jazz jazzmen and I loved jazzmen. <laughs> all the jazzmen. <laughs> <laughs> it is cool that like uh, he basically goes through a hazing with the jazz band and then yeah. finally they accept him as one of his own. There is yeah. a growth about Indy being a musician that. Mm does not like come very naturally it, it really builds in this episode <laughs> well, yeah there's like there's like a montage you know, of like indie like learning the jazz like learning what the jazz is all about like <laughs> and it felt like we were watching a whole saga but it you know coming to the realization that oh they are just uh this could be just one week or something you know? like it, <laughs> yeah it, there's no how time moved really weird mm-hmm. even when the murder happens it it seemed like the next day was cleared up like in the sense that everyone moved on they did the funeral they're doing whatever you know like it, 
Oh, I think we, I think we mentioned too. Like, Indy also has like no PTSD from World War One. <laughs> like, he's just he is so happy-go-lucky. Of just like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a winner at a jazz club and I'm college. This is awesome. <laughs> but then they have a he has a conversation with like a fellow World War One veteran of like, how many guys you kill? He's like, I I kill some people. It's like I kill some people too. It's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it it really sucks the air out of the room. On top of the he because it's segregation like, issue that happens. Yeah, well, because like, like, Indy was in the trenches for like at least an episode. Like he was he was in like the front lines of like World War One. Like he was seeing like the horrible 1917 shit going on, and then it's, it's like because he's just like now he's home. He's like, I'm yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a college kid. I'm a waiter. Like this is fun. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm playing my saxophone. Like just like wow. <laughs> Indy was not part of the lost generation. And also, jazz just never came up again. Like, that—that's my only wish I've seen is like if like in like Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. Like when he like and he just like whips out like a a saxophone or something, starts playing it. It's like, oh man, I got I got I got to chill out and play my saxophone for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he plays it as if it's like therapy. And then I guess after those incidents of him mastering the blues, he never plays it again. Well, I guess he he, he rediscovers it in 1950, according to this episode, and then, so like. I guess, like, in King of the Crystal Skull, or, like, now Dial Destiny, he should be, like, maybe, like, <laughs> back back equated with Jazz. That'd be a funny Easter egg in, like, Dial Destiny if he's, like, uh, <laughs> whips out a saxophone. It's like, hey, I'm playing my saxophone, leave me alone. Like, <laughs> I gotta play the jazz. My sad time. Yeah. But, yeah, check out, the, but, yeah, the commentary will be up uh, next week. Uh, it's on Disney+, Plus. you can stream it along with us. And uh, speaking of Disney Plus, I think you saw some other things on Disney Plus, Chris. Yeah, I uh, I watched all of Electric Mayhem. But, or, yeah, Buffett's uh, like, Mayhem. Mayhem. Yep. Which uh, I I like gave the first episode a shot, and then I just ended up loving it and watching all of it this weekend. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. I think There's... I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, there's an amazing like energy about it, and like the message is really cool. And then say what you will about Sandra Singh, but she she like works in this environment as playing like sort of the semi straight person oh, during this, L- like L- L- Lily Singh. Lily Singh, that's it. Yeah. Sorry, so Lily Singh. So she she does pretty good. So Lily well, Singh, I, I was like generally surprised how well like I like her character. I like her character up until the last two episodes. Where she kind of does like a 180 and just breaks up with like her boyfriend. And it's, like, not earned at all. Did you get that way? Because I was like, this is a weird twist. Where it's, like, we're, like, spoilers. It's, like, she, like, ends up, like, back with, like, uh, like, Anders home. And then it's, like, actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to, like, I'm, I'm going to, like, I'm gonna, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to travel with, like, Ultra Mayhem because that's, like, the true, that's my true family or whatever. You, then... you can do both. You can yeah. have a, like, you know, you didn't have to break him up. I thought it, like, I thought the, the twist, I thought the twist, like, that he was actually helpful and not, like, like I mean, it, there's a little bit of, like, him and, like, um, like, Taj Mahal, like, like, competing with each other during, like, the Kevin Smith, like, documentary episode. But that but then, makes sense, because, then like, he, but he, 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 like, Anders was, like, legitimately helpful for, like, a lot yeah. of it. <laughs> like. He seemed kind of, like, scuzzy, but that's the misdirect, so I didn't mind that. And then yeah. you realize yeah. how much he's, like, actually, like, trying to be a better person. 
they they were setting you up to be like the evil like eighties like record or, like businessman or something. He's like, I'm gonna oh I I bought the rights to the mayhem and I own them now. Like yeah, and you realize he genuinely just cares for her. Yeah. So when when they break when they she breaks up, I was kind of mad. I was like, this feels very unearned. And then the fact that like they break up and he's like, cool, all right, I gotta go. Like, and then I'm like, he did. He's gonna have like a a breakdown. Like he's gonna go close that door, have a mental breakdown, and then be like, time for revenge. Mm-hmm. Like you made a supervillain. Mm-hmm. So there's that whole arc that I just didn't care for in that part, but. Everything else about the Electric Mayhem was amazing. Well, I just I just um, love that I just love that it's like, yeah, you really got to focus on like them because like they they've been around, but they have, they, just, they only get like one like you get like one like joke or like they're in like one scene for like the movies or like the other shows, and then mm-hmm. this one it's like you just really could like dig in and like they like they like you, every, they all have, like you get to like figure out like all their different personalities and like all, all their yeah, different yeah. like yeah, yeah their emotions and, and their depth, yeah. like a lot of depth more than i thought uh but yeah the the message was beautiful like a lot of the hopefulness the like what they focus on in life and the message that they have is like way like kind of inspiring especially when when they meet celebrities and they're very chill about it and it's like if you think about how long the muppets have been around like they're definitely um like very not, not huge importance to music, but like they are a kind of like time capsule of just or like a record of how like the music has changed, but the message hasn't, you know, yeah. like over the years. Well, that's that's also like one of my favorite, like one of the best jokes of just like they know everyone and they just, but they just they're so chill they just don't like bring it up or mention it or yeah. like like actively like chase like they know like you know they know like Steve Aoki and like <laughs> like uh like Dead Mouse and like. <laughs> Morgan Freeman and like all these other people. It's just like, it's, but there's like, oh right, yeah, we we know him. Yeah, we're friends. Like, uh, the the Kevin Smith episode was fantastic for that because it's not even just the um, like oh we knew musicians and I thought it would be all like musician guests of the day. Yeah, it was more like all these famous people who want to be in a Muppets thing. And it's like, they're not playing a character. They're still them. And it, it still flows with the original Muppets idea of having celebrities be celebrities. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I, I really hope the show gets a second season or if they explore other kind of Muppet related properties. Cause you know, like both you and I are both like fans of the Muppets. We'll, yeah, we'll I, definitely... I, would, I would definitely be up for like more, like some of the more obscure, Puppets, like or like or like a, a different group that we've seen before, like get like a show or something. Because that, because that was like I think I mentioned, but like that was like the fun of like Muppets Haunted Mansion was like it was like the stars were like Gonzo, Pepe, and uh, Rizzo. <laughs> so it's like that trio. Um, instead of like you know like like the the, the main like like Kermit, Fozzie, Miss Piggy, and they were like obviously in that in supporting roles, but like it was like Gonzo was the main character. Yeah, something and, different. And there's like, I mean, there's, yeah, there's so many other, there's so many like crazy obscure Muppets. Yeah, they can pull from so many, and uh, it I shows mean, they, that they have, they have been like Uncle Deadly's been getting like a lot of like, uh, since since like the Muppets like the like, uh, ABC show, like he's been getting like a lot of like, <laughs> uh, airtime again. 
and they, they like they turned him into like the Muppets like 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 uh like fashion designer or like customer. Is he still in the other like other uh things? He's, I'm still trying to finish uh the Muppets ABC. He's he's in he's in Muppets now, which is like the like that was like the one that was the, that was the show before Muppets Mayhem, mm-hmm. and that was that was like a lot of like it was like a sketch show basically where it was like it was kind of like Scooter was like it was it was like he was hosting like online digital shows and it was like so like Pepe had like a game show and like Swedish Chef had like a cooking show and so like every episode would have like three or four of those segments like in it, in each of them. And that that, that that had a bunch of like uh like kind of like random Muppets showing up and then also like all the like guest stars. But like Uncle Uncle Dudley usually showed up because like Miss Piggy had like a kind of like a like a, a talk show lifestyle show and Uncle yeah, Dudley yeah. would like be her like assistant basically and all those. That that was good. I I didn't mind that. That was like fun about that Muppet show. Yeah. And Muppets Now is definitely worth watching just for like Pepe's game show because it's it's so it's so ridiculous and random. Where like Scooter Scooter has these like elaborate rules and Pepe's just like he just gives people like random points and comes up with like random games like just he'll just like throughout the entire concept of the episode just like they like pick a number <laughs> they're like five and they're like hundred points yeah like, and Scooter's just like what. I came up with I came up with like a, a thirty minute long game. But yeah, they, they would like yeah Disney Plus. They've been doing like most of their recent Muppet stuff has been has been pretty great. So hopefully they keep that up for any future Muppet stuff. And then uh, anything else, Chris? I watched four episodes of American Born Chinese. Hmm. Uh, it's based on a comic that's all that's now streaming on Disney Plus. This show, I think, all episodes, the first seasons on. Uh, have you heard of the show before? I've seen like trailers and stuff where I haven't watched it yet. And I also like it's also just like pretty much everyone from like uh <laughs> like everything everything everywhere all at once is like the entire cast is back for this. Yeah. Uh, so American Born Chinese is about uh. The son of the Monkey King, who comes to Earth and hopes to find a mystical fourth scroll of the teaching of Buddha. Mm-hmm. And it's based on the legend of the journey to the West, which was when uh, the Monkey King, before he became the Monkey King, uh, went on a journey to discover the three scrolls of Buddha and like these ultimate like powers of wisdom scrolls. Uh, that was like containing the secrets of the universe, one of those kind of deals. Uh, and then his son, the son of the Monkey King, uh, hold on, let me try to find these names and I butcher the hell out of them. Wow, they really hide the guy's name. Uh, which one is it? Am I trying to find? Yeah, Jimmy Liu. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't really have an IMDb. Yeah, he plays Win Chang. He um, is the son of the Monkey King, Su Wong. Uh, and the first episode is super cringy. It's one of those coming-of-age <clears throat> things where almost every character is awkward and has low self-esteem. And they beat you over the head over it. So it's really, like, 
a hard entry point because mm-hmm. uh, Wei Chen is confident, but he's not confident about his mission about trying to find this fourth scroll until he meets Jin Wang, who is a 10th grader in high school, who, you know, is kind of geeky, but like sporty, and he doesn't quite know how to fit in between the two hobbies. But the show's written in a way where it feels like it's the 90s. Like, the his parents act like it's 2000 or, or like, or like 1980. Like, it's, it's very, the, like, it feels like genuine in certain degrees, but like almost to a point where you can't make characters like this too much. Cause it, unless like, cause his parents have been in the country since the eighties, but like, like as young people, so they grew up, but then there's certain like character models. And then the way they talk stereotypical stuff, that doesn't quite make sense to an age where there's cell phones, you know, like, I'm like, what, like his dad dresses like he's a nerd from the nineties. I'm like, what is going on? Like, this doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. He's supposed, and I'm th- doing the math in my head. I'm like, he's supposed to be like 40, you know, like 45 maybe. And I'm like, he's dressed as like a six year old, like, I don't know, car salesman. And I'm like, what? So it's a little distracting, especially when the Chinese stuff that happens, it makes sense. It's relatable being kind of like a look like not quite nowhere to fit in kind of moment but it's like the benefit of being a nerd in today's society is that like everyone's a nerd like nerdum is popular but for some weird reason it's treated as if like no like we still have to be hush about this like as long as you don't make it obsessive and he's not like he's not like an obsessive nerd he's just like casually likes comics and anime and stuff and it's not like Oh God, like they'll find out. It's like, dude, you also play a sport. Like, you know, like you're also a semi-jock. This doesn't make any sense for you to be this, like, I don't know, like deep-seated self-hate. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's the point. Like, it, it's like, what if it, he's like, he's trying to be like the Peter Parker type archetype where he's like reluctant to be pulled into this kind of world. But then he's got a magical friend, uh, Wei, Wei Chen, who just like, I, I slowly trying to introduce them that there's all these mystical things happening. And he's just like, whoa, I don't want to be part of this because, like, this is so much in my mind. And it's like, at certain points in the episode, you're like, oh, no, like, you're missing out the journey. But then, um, at least, not to spoil so much, but at least halfway point, it makes sense where it's like, no, like, you have nothing to do with this. Like, Destiny hasn't intervened yet where it's like, you need to help the son of the Monkey King. Besides, this kid who hasn't really shown his full potential yet just sort of like i'm like not from here and you're like oh okay i'll help you but you know like you you gradually learn to like understand everyone's background but if you eliminate sort of what we know as the audience and you just watch it from his perspective only from like his just view it's like no don't trust a stranger you met for two weeks this this is how you get kidnapped and like lose organs so there's like a funniness to it that like it makes sense when you read it in a comic or read it like watch it as a whole overall story where you follow certain characters but if you solely just watch the one portion and you cut out everything else around him you're like no don't follow this crazy person like this is you've got good instincts kid like this isn't something you have to do so i'm enjoying it it's trying to be a lot of things where it's trying to be a um one of those like feel good coming of age movies but now like a tv show where everyone's kind of going through a whole growth in their life because they hit a a struggle it's trying to be like a superhero show too 
and it's trying to be, and then at times, which is hilarious, because I did not expect this, it's trying to be like a 70s exploitation, uh, like kung fu movie. Okay. And there, it like it comes out of nowhere, and it's like a, like a Shaw Brothers it. or something. Yes, like not, or like an Americanized version of it, because it's not quite there. It's they do this intro that is, I'm not sure how, I, I don't know if the original comic did it, but there is a point where they kind of reintroduce like another perspective of the show and it's done in like seventies, like Kung Fu font. And then they do like a whole intro sequence with credits. And you're like, what the hell's going on? Like it comes out and it like shakes up the episode. And that's why I'm like, Oh, okay. Actually I don't mind that. Like, like before that, like you, you, it's either you love it or hate it. But then by then, if you're in this far, like, it's just sort of like, okay, hey, we got over that hump. Let's just do what we want, like, visually and then, like, tonally. So, like I said, that takes up a lot of the episode arc. But if you remove that, you're like, yeah, like, again, if you're following the main, if you're following the the audience relatable main character, you're like, yeah, you weren't there to witness half the shit. So this doesn't make any sense to you. You know what I mean? Like, you don't. This is like the the like no one's explaining to catch you up yet, so it it makes sense in the show where he's like really hesitant and he already has a problem about trust and like self esteem, so this just compiles it. So it's like let's just say it's like that cringe, but like you just you got to keep watching it and hope it gets better, and, and it does. There's certain parts that like um you can forgive some of the acting or forgive some of the um like weird tonal shifts because it's like yeah like it had it's trying to like do a lot of things at once and it's the modern day so you can't just be a simple story it's trying to cram so many elements at once and has no time to focus in on it because like magic's real you know what i mean like it's trying to have like social issues it's trying to do like modern day what it's like being a teen and maybe i can't relate on that part so much because it's been a while since we've been teens but there is a element of, hey, yeah, like, this is what it's like being kind of like that guy who's really into, you know, movies or anime or something like that. And then not everyone getting it. But again, what he's into is modern day pop. So it's not like he's into something super retro unknown that, like, the Internet doesn't it's not going to explain it. It's like that's why I'm like, it's weird that, like, some of his friends aren't, like, getting what he's talking about or they just refuse to Google what he's talking about later and not just like oh, he didn't explain the whole arc right in front of these people, so they're not interested. You know, it, as I was like, this is a weird world. But it totally makes sense where they have to limit it because of just how modern day is so fast-moving with information. Because even when he's got this new school partner, they don't explain how the son of the Monkey King is able to just attend high school. You know, there's no, like, oh, he did magic, he tricked someone. It's just, hey, I just showed up, and it's like, Oh, you just arrived and you got assigned and there's no one did paperwork or fact checking. Oh, okay, you know, like you have to. There's a lot of suspend your belief here. But uh, I say give it a shot. It's definitely if you're in that if you think it's gonna be a you know everything all at once in the beginning, you have to earn that. That is something like three episodes in. There might be one. There's always like a mandatory fight sequence at the end to sort of wake you up from everything else but like it's not that like visual overload or crazy concepts it's it's pretty straightforward 
Um, I like it because as someone who like grew up watching some of the Journey of the West adaptations or Dragon Ball Z, it's in that family, like or Dragon Ball. So it's in that family of like, you know, superheroes or super powered people doing something and sort of involving people when they don't want to be involved. So, you know, very classic Asian drama art that mm. translates really well. And then the fact that this is on a Disney Channel thing is pretty amazing. So I, I, I get, like, I respect where this is coming from, but I'm also a little biased. So, like, <laughs> you know, I'm adding another 10% of, like, uh, recommendation. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's not for everyone. I, I could see that. And, you know, it's fine because it's a, it's a, I, I would admit, the first two episodes are awkward entry to come into. You sort of just start yelling at the characters on your TV. Oh, yeah, that's it for me. What about you, Zach? Uh, so I watched a couple of uh, movies that came out earlier this year. Um, finally got around to them. So I, fi- I finally saw Redfield, which is on Peacock now. Um, which I think I think you saw that when it came out, Chris. Yeah, Redfield. And uh, I, th- I thought it was a ton of fun. Um, like just a great, yeah. Nicholas Cage is great as Dracula, like and just a great take on it. Just like this, like bullying, like like manipulative, like. <laughs> It definitely leans like the, like um like the codependent like there's like Redfield's and is is like a codependency like support group and they really lean into that, that like all the like kind of like gaslighting abusive kind of like stuff that they're talking about in that group and then Dracula's like embodying it and then, and then Nicolas Cage is like just like going full cage just like in, oh, in yeah. Dracula some of the best just dialogue crazy scene eating you see and it's like very calm. You know, even for the supernaturalness, but funny. Yeah. And uh, and then also, like, I think, uh, but uh, I don't think a lot of people were expecting. I mean, I think, I think it was in the trailer, but like, definitely, like, we watch it, you're like, oh wow, this is crazy. But like, the like action in it is like, like, there's like some crazy, like, super over the top, like, super violent, crazy action. And. uh well, I mean, I mean, it is yeah. in the middle and certain in like the other second big fight. But did you agree? Do you agree that like the third fight that that's like the big showdown is kind of toned down? They kind of, yeah. They, well, they, they kind of like I don't know. If, I don't know if it's just because like they have like they introduced like oh Super like Dra- other, Dracula yeah. Dracula like gave like like a dozen like gangsters including like Ben Schwartz like like Renfield powers now. So then they're all like, well, but him oh, fighting like... Ben Schwartz makes sense. But then there are other people who are also vampires. And then I felt like it felt like a Power Ranger fight instead <laughs> of some sort of bloodbath. I figured he was going to rip someone's arm off, use it as a weapon or like punch through someone's chest. And then like, yeah, just be like a guy who has a gaping hole in him. Like I thought it'd be that. I mean, it, it, yeah, that was definitely more in like the first, the first two like big action sequences, like that, like the restaurant fight, and then like the like fight in like the apartment, like like yeah. courtyard. The part, courtyard part was hilarious because it just like they use slow mo in such a funny way. Yeah. Especially when like I think near the end where he just explodes a guy while riding him down. Well, like like he like he like there's a guy like hanging half off a bal- like a, a railing, and then like eventually just ju- jumps onto him and like rips him in half, and like lances like half of his body onto like the car below them. 
and then like he's, he's and then like for most of that fight he's using like a, a guy's arms as like nunchucks basically yeah. just like people's that's what I'm saying like it, can you imagine that on everyone's superpower so now it's like the guys he's fighting can lose a limb and still fight and do all these other things yeah I thought it was gonna ramp up yeah it probably it probably could have been a little better if they had like some like it was like bench force is like the only other like like equal to Renfield but then like there's like a bunch of like like regular goons too that's so, like Renfield could just like blow through those guys on his way to, like, Ben Schwartz, maybe? Well, the only people who fought Aquafina were regular people, because that's how yeah. he was able to kill one or two guys that weren't bit. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, like, I get they're trying to find a balance, but it's like they were storming that building, so those guys had all the time to prepare, I guess. Like, they, they called them out to come to do this, so when you get more men, when you bite more people... Yeah. I think didn't I think you mentioned it when you talked about it, Chris, like a couple months ago. But like, I think I think like I, I think I, if you said this, I agree with it. But like the whole like crime thing, it's fine. But like it, the movie probably didn't even need it. Like it could have just been like all the, the like you know Renfield Dracula like, relationship stuff. Or just like them, yeah, just like the, the crime boss comes in and you're like j- just MacGuffin character. Yeah, it could like it could have been like a weird like take on like a romantic comedy or something where it's just like. Oh, like Renfield's trying to get out of this like abusive relationship, and then like Dracula keeps like doing like, like is like doing like being nice in one scene, like trying to bring him back, and then but then like but then you could have like the Ben Schwartz character be like, oh, this is my new Renfield. I don't need you anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he wants to get rid of you, and yeah. he's trying to eliminate you and your thing because he's trying to like win my favor. Like there is a a slightly better pacing movie because you can remove the drug part because I guess. Again, the only reason why the drug part comes in is so he can fight the police, like the corrupt police force that is hilariously corrupt. So I don't know what the hell, like, New Orleans is. Everyone but Aquafina is like a corrupt cop. (laughs) Yeah. Like a hilarious, like, corruption that is happening in that department. But I think that's the point. So you don't feel bad for a lot of them getting killed. Mm -hmm. So that's like the only logical reason. But, like, I get it. You know, I, I get why they did it to make it more more than a love story, because it is. It's more a little bit more than a regular love story. Uh but what'd you think about the tie in to the like Bella Lagosi track? Oh that I mean that's all that's all great. Like just seeing Nicholas Cage's like like th- like thirties Bella Lugosi like Dracula is like and like inserting both of them into like that like footage was great. I wish I, I wish like, cool. I, there's a, there's, I wish I kinda wanna see a version of them in it now too. Not to take yeah. away from Mel Legosi, but just sort of like more. I wanna see more of this. I wish I wish there was like if they had like done a little bit more of like other Dracula stuff. Like I would lo- I would love to see like Nicholas Cage is like Gary Oldman Dracula or something. Like Oh, sort of like a reference to that. Yeah, just like that like that's like that's like them through like the years of like just like show like different ver- like the, the, the other different versions or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, if it it spent a good little bit more time setting up the the beginning where Runfield has done all these missions, done all these like tasks, and a please his master for different generations of vampire hunters and uh like just surviving mm-hmm. the trends or whatnot. I I would have loved that too, and then you see him finally kind of be like I'm done. But they really try to focus on Runfield tr- like discovering therapy and <laughs> getting getting to a like healthy position where he can recognize like he's not happy and then aquafina can make him happy but i do like that he doesn't do it really for her like it's more like for him 
Yeah. And I mean, she's there to save her sister, who is another like MacGuffin character. You can <laughs> eliminate that. Mm-hmm. Who like works for the FBI, but like works out of the police station or something. Or, like, well, she's, always... she's there to take down the mob boss. Yeah. You see, like, that's the reason for who, the mob bosses. Who, who killed their father? I, I guess, yeah. Like, that was... Because he, he was a good cop and, and the... The only police... good cop? <laughs> yeah, he was the other only good cop among all the corrupt people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do I like, like her introduction. I do like how, like, Ben Schwartz throws, like, a brick of cocaine at her. Uh-huh. And then you see that she wants to, like, really be good at her job. So they, they do a good job, like, introducing her, because she wants to be, like, this, like, John McClane rogue cop, but she is sort of, like, honor-bound to not be. I feel like they could have done a little bit more with, like, the, uh, like, the idea of, like, Renfield's gonna, like, like, he's he's at the support group for himself, he's also, like, there to, like, figure out, like, who he can, like, feed the Dracula that's not, like, it's, like, a douchebag asshole, like, so he doesn't feel bad about it. And then, but then, but then he just does, he does that like once. Like he that's he like he goes to those guys that like stole the drugs, and then like he never like goes after any of the other people that like everyone like, was talking about the group anymore. That could have been the whole like that could have been like most of the premise of the movie. Just like like Renfield is trying to trying to like you know like help this group, and then just like screwing it up, or, like 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 horribly murdering these people, like the people that like they're like. It's like, oh, my, my, my dad is like a is like a, a codependent. Like I, I have a bad relationship with him. And then like Redfield goes like kill a dad or something. And then something goes like wackily horribly bad with that or something. Well, that, it didn't lean too hard into dark comedy. Like you're the the what you're describing of like kind of like a a a darker comedy would be what we want because we were used to just like it played it safe you know like it played it very safe with the concept of him doing this but the, but it's supposed to imply that he's been doing this for years and then yeah. he finally like listened to the therapy like in this group at this city so he he got like a um like a conscious from it now and mm-hmm. like he had enough but it's like that probably happened it, it's, a, it's a lot of like you you sort of fill in the blanks yourself but I would have loved like a flashback, a sequence, you know, more a little more show. Yeah. No, I understand. But did you get the humor of like what we do in the shadow, like hints of it in this? I mean, hints of it. I, th- I definitely think they could have leaned like, like I mean, what, what we do in the shadows is definitely better than this. I don't, I don't think there's any question. But like, I mean. I think I, I think it's mostly that Nicholas Cage has like most of like the funny like uh, like all of his like just like. Dracula like one-liners like his like trying to manipulate <laughs> manipulate uh Renfield and stuff like like the scene when he goes like Renfield's in the like, new apartment and like like Renfield's trying to use like the like uh the self-help book as like a bible basically against him yep. that part was good especially when he's, he's like an ex like Nick Cage yep. is like a jealous ex like <laughs> like the dynamic between them is really good yeah it just like they use it sparingly and I wish like they leaned it in more. Yeah, like that's they definitely could have like amped like the ratio of like the Dracula Renfield relationship compared to like like the like crime action stuff. You probably could like like adjust the ratio a little bit more and have it like more of like the Dracula Renfield relationship and like less of like the crime action stuff. And then it probably would have been like uh 
a little bit more like interesting and like funny and stuff. But I mean, it's still, it's still, still, it's, it's like the action's fun. Like Nicholas, Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage are great. Like it's, it's, it's a super fun movie. If you haven't seen it, like, it's on Peacock. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's highly recommendable because I feel like this movie just suffered from bad marketing and then like not targeting the right people. Because I think when the first trailer came out for Renfield, it looked like a romantic comedy. Because it was like Aquafina yeah. and and Nick. But then I, it, it started leaning in, being oh, by the way, this is like uh, a sequel to like the Bela Lugosi Dracula, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. But by then it was like the theatrical run was out. And it also has this like splat, like just gallons of, of blood splattering everywhere, <laughs> like. <laughs> So I I just feel like that was just on them for doing it. But I think, you know, on TVD releases and sort of like retrospects, it's going to be more favorable. Yeah, this might become a cult, like a cult classic, like a Nicolas, like Nicolas Cage, like cult classic. Of like, oh, man, remember when remember Nicolas Cage played Dracula in Redfield? That was awesome. Like, But yeah, so I saw that and then I also... Uh, finally checked out uh, 65, the Adam Driver versus Dinosaurs movie, um, which was okay. Um, it's it, it's it's pretty much what you expect from it, but it doesn't have any, like doesn't have much besides that. Like it's it's like you get you get Adam Driver fighting dinosaurs, but you don't really get like uh, too much else of like like it has very familiar plot beats and like you'll probably like be able to predict what's gonna happen. <laughs> halfway through um like just like very like familiar beats of like you've seen you've seen this uh this you've seen this stuff before i i I did not expect like right from the start like 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 the first like minute there's like this there's kind of like opening text and like the the setup is not what i was thinking from the trailers because like you've seen the trailers chris like you like you would think like it's like and driver's character like was it like it's from like a future time and he ends up back in like prehistoric times on earth right. he is an alien like he is from a what? different planet there, there was a there's a i got a, like a human-like civilization in like 65 million years ago <laughs> that were like doing like inter- intergalactic travel and so they like so they're on a different planet they're on this planet called samaris and then he's like a he's doing a trip for, for like for that civilization and then he crashes on prehistoric earth 65 million years ago so it's not so it's, it's, he's not from like a future earth he's they're not they're not earthlings what? like it's like i was like it's such a weird like why why even that's such a weird like like detail to like just make him just make Overlook. it like he went through a wormhole and like ended up in the past like why is that like why did they do that i did not expect that i was just like wait what <laughs> this was texting like there was another civil. There's a civilization pre-humanity. It's like, and then they, they go like, planet Samaris. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, and then it's like, and then it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's like future humans, but like, I guess they're not humans. They're Samarians or whatever they're called. It's like, it's such a weird, like, just unnecessary like detail of like, oh yes, it, it, it's, we're just gonna make this like stupidly complex for no reason. I'm just like, they're, it's it's not time travel. It's like this other. Alien civilization okay. that visited Earth. So, like I, w- we were both betting time travel. Some guy goes from that's the future too I, far, I, yeah. loops back. I thought, yeah, I thought it was like Planet of the Apes. Like it was like, oh, I went through a wormhole and now I'm on, and like a, I'm on 
a different time period of like the, the planet I came from. Like, or like, you know, time kind of lapped around again and it's dinosaurs again. Yeah. But nope, it's a uh, alien, 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 uh, driver, like, it, it was like traveling to like whatever planet and then he, uh, ends up like the asteroid that is going to like hit the planet and like cause the dinosaurs to go extinct. Um, like shard parts of that, like hit his ship and damage his ship. So that's why he crash lands on earth. And then he, and then this young girl, like the only survivors of the ship, everyone else is dead. Um, and this girl's from like a different part of the planet that they're from. So like, they, they don't, they have like a communication barrier. Like he, like he, and he had a translator, but it broke. So like, he doesn't, so like they can't understand each other. So they have to like come up with like, Oh wait, she's even more of an alien than he is. Yeah. He's like, she's from like a different region of the planet that they're, they're both from. So she has I, a different language it. than a driver. Earth, yeah. Earth sort, you know, like, you know, people have different language barriers here. So I kind of get that in another yeah. civilization. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of, that's a high concept already to introduce in this high concept movie, you know? Yeah. But yeah, so they, they, they have to, like, come up with, like, a, like you know, like, pantomimes and, like, they come, like, she starts, she, like, learns, like, certain words. And so, like, that's, like, you've seen that before, but, I mean, it's fine. They're both, they, they have a pretty good, like, back and forth and they have a fun, like, dynamic. And then, and then, and then it's just like, oh, they, they, there's a another part of the ship crash, like a different part, or like, like, like a couple like miles away from them, and it has like, a skate pod they can use. So if they get to that, they can get off the planet. And so it's basically most of the movies just like them. They have to like get from, like their crash, the one part of the crash, the other part of the crash, and like avoid the dinosaurs and get there before the asteroid hits the planet, and destroy, it kills everything. So it's, so it's, so, it's, so it's a lot of just like we're walking along and then like, oh no, it's a uh, a T Rex is attacking us. We're like, uh, like a uh, other like dinosaurs are attacking us. We have to like fight them off, and then <laughs> get to like a cave, and then we're, we're safe for a little bit. And there's some fun with like, because Am Driver obviously like he's from like this other planet, so he has like like crazy like weird future tech, um, or like alien tech, I guess. <laughs> so he has like this like pulse rifle, and he's got like these like little like mini bombs. And he's got like a it's like uh it's basically it's like a video game like 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 a like a like a overworld map kind of like like it's like it's like a he like pin a pin a thing on the map and like that's how he's like getting to like the other part of the ship. It's like it's like it's, the AI is just like you are t- ten kilometers from the uh, checkpoints or like. It's like a waypoint system that knows yeah. that map the planet. He, he's got, he's got this like little device that like does like a million different things. Like it's like a it's like a um yeah it's like a GPS thing. It can like it can like play like like holograms of like memories that he has. Like he has like instead of pictures he has like memories of like his family. And then were uh, they part of the first ship, like in that ship that went down, or they're back he, at home planet? He he left them, and he was, he was going to be gone for like two years, and he was going to come back. Um, and it's it's basically Andrew is basically doing this trip to like wherever they're going because um, uh, his daughter's sick, so he needs to, like raise and, the, and this trip is going to like raise enough money for like get her like treatment. So that's like his main like oh. driving factor of like I, I'm 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 gonna be away for two years, but we'll have enough money to like get you like your treatment you need. And um, oh, and then spe- special effects wise, um, it's pretty good. I think it had like a like almost hundred million dollar budget, so like the the special effects are like the dinosaurs all look pretty good. Um, like interesting like takes like it's like kind of like different takes in dinosaurs you haven't seen before. They're not like Jurassic Park dinosaurs, like kind of like weirder and like ganglier and like 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 more like vicious looking than like Jurassic Park dinosaurs. Like there's like these like weird, like, like they have like longer arms and like, they're like 
like there's all like like crocodile like ones that like have like really like long legs and stuff. It's like kind of like off upsetting. I'm just like it's like long limbed like crocodile looking thing like running after you. But there's just like T Rexes and like uh some like other like raptors and stuff. So like there's like dinosaurs you recognize, but like some like other like weirder ones that like I don't even think have like a actual name. I think they just made them up for this movie. It's like here's like a weird dinosaur monster we came up with. Oh, they made it. They made a new dinosaur. Yeah. But yeah, over, I mean, overall, it's 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 solid. Like if you if you want to see M Driver fight a bunch of dinosaurs uh, with like you know future guns, it's it, like you'll get you get what you you paid for for that. Um, but there's there's just like a lot of like plot beats where just like I know I I see where this is going. Like I've I've seen movies before. <laughs> I know I know I know what this, like what this plot thing or like what's gonna happen or like what the twist is gonna be or like what's gonna happen in like next scene or something or by the end of this. So. You probably won't be surprised by anything that happens in it, but like it's 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 a it's a solid kind of like just if you want like a kind of pulpy like sci-fi movie. I don't th- I don't think it's streaming like like a streaming streaming anywhere yet. Um, it's a Sony movie, so I think uh, so it'll probably be on Netflix. I would imagine fairly soon. If it, um, actually I'm actually surprised it's not on Netflix already because like like most of the most of Sony movies end up on Netflix. But you can like you can like rent it on like you know like the normal places like on Amazon or YouTube or Google or whatever. So, but I, I would I would definitely like wait like if it does end up on like Netflix or something that's probably the best place to check it out. But yeah, so I saw both those and uh, that's it for me. So we can wrap things up for the week. Uh, definitely have a site. We've got all of our usual features. We got news, trailers. Um, we mentioned next week our Young Indiana Jones and the Mystery of Blues counter will be up next week. Um. I think we're gonna have our game box 2.0 up next week too. For you can check out what you can see what games we played played for this week for this month, and uh, all the other regular features that we put up every month a week are up there as well. So have our trail all stuff out. And for Chris, I am Zach, and we will see you next week. For more everything action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at evaction, on Facebook by searching for everything action. And follow us on Instagram at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.